Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. Hey, Mets, here with B Pimp. B Pimp, are you ready for episode 160? I am ready. I can't believe it. 160, another nice number for our milestones list. Unbelievable. Well, not only is it episode 160, which is a ton of episodes, a ton of really good episodes, but we've got a lot to talk about. We're in the thick of the NBA playoffs. Some unexpected exits, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Memphis Grizzlies, and of course, I think some of the, the funny Memphis Grizzly news is like, what's happening with Dylan Brooks? He was kind of a, a shit, maybe is the technical term? Yeah, I think so. A, a little bit of a stinker. Yeah, it's funny because these players who sometimes like are a little bit uh, like talk a little bit too much smack for how good their game is. You know, it it often bites them, but man, did it bite them! Yeah, they basically just riled up the wrong bunch. I mean, I know that Grizzlies were missing S- Stephen Adams and Brendan Clark, who were like really key to their success, especially playing a larger team. Yeah, but they should not have gone down to the Lakers quite like that. I'm surprised. I think I just was out of touch towards the end of the season, but I'm surprised how efficiently the Lakers have been playing. Me too. Surprises I, me. <laughs> Every time I watch them, especially on the offensive end, I'm like, how do they even hold this together? Yeah. Then you watch, uh, and I've been watching the Warrior series, obviously, and I watch when Anthony Davis has a good game, especially on the defensive end, I'm like, they can't even score. He's the only person I know who consistently blocks, not consistently, but has done it multiple times, Steph Curry's scoop underhand shots. Oh. That's happened twice, at least, in this series already, which is crazy, because Steph is usually just on the money with those he knows exactly how high he has to arc it yeah but uh not against anthony davis he's been a beast he must have scouted it yeah so we in honor of dylan brooks we're gonna talk about the top five most toxic players in the nba right now so this can mean a lot of things but but i think of it is like you get this player on your team and they make you worse yep so that's kind of what i've been thinking about i had a a pretty good top five, some honorable mentions. What were you thinking about as you put this list together? I was thinking I can almost guarantee we're going to have the same number one. I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I feel confident about that. Yeah, he's um, really but... cemented his status with this. <laughs> yeah, I think we have similar feelings about a certain person who we, we will talk about later. And then also I was trying to decide, there was a few people that I really was torn about, like where to put them in the list, and then one person like whether to even include them. So very... I really liked this thought exercise of trying to come up with this list. Me too. It's uh, It was fun to put together. I have two players that are on the same team. Wow. Which maybe explains I see why that. they underperform. Yeah. Yeah. I might know who those are. Uh, maybe you do. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, though, it is the Whiskey Sessions podcast. I have a new whiskey to try. I don't know if you can see this bottle here. Just a short, thick bottle. It is Lost Republic Bourbon. Uh, and it's out of Healdsburg. I feel like I'm saying that wrong, but I'm going to go with it. Healdsburg, California. Awesome. So that's here in, it's a little bit north of the Bay Area, I believe. It's either in Sonoma County or uh, just north of that. So it's kind of wine country-ish area. I can't remember if it's literally on the coast or just off of the coast. Should have done a little geographic research, but I'm pretty certain I've been there. Uh, and again, this is Lost Republic bourbon uh it's a 91 proof it is uh let's see anything else you know it's an awesome bottle it is a cool bottle you got a 
a bear eating a salmon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, it looks like a grizzly bear, but I think it should be a black bear. I'm pretty sure California does not have grizzly bears anymore. But yeah, I've got it on the rocks in my fancy whiskey drinking glass. And I will say, you know, I can't remember how much this cost. I think it was like around $40 or somewhere in that range. But I've had it for a while and it took all my might not to dip into it early. That's tough. I'm drinking one with you too. An old entry on the uh, list from Uncle Nearest, even though Mm -hmm. I'm not reviewing. This is just a friendship. Friendship drink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's one thing because we do trade off the whiskeys, but we should be really drinking whiskeys together. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I do just a just a little nib today, uh, so I don't even know if I'll get a third sip out of this, but we'll see. I'm gonna give it a smell. The smell is classic bourbon. Got a little bit of a syrupy note to it, uh, a little bit of thickness. I I do like the smell. Not getting any notes that I wouldn't expect exactly, um, but let me uh, give that an old taste. Always exciting, the first taste. You can see the color is about what you'd expect for a bourbon, not going any particular way. Yeah, looks like standard bourbon template. Mm-hmm. First sip, pretty smooth, actually. And I don't want to like give away the rating, but it, it didn't hit me too hard in any particular way. It... uh. It's got a good mouthfeel, which is not a term that I love using, but I don't know how else to describe this. It's just coating my mouth in a nice way. I tried to popularize using mouth coat, but didn't yeah. catch on. No, well, let's get it going again. Mouth coat, solid. Mouth coat. I like yes. the mouth coat on this one. Yeah, it's like the kind of coat. It's not It's not cold out, but you're not ready to go full t-shirt. It's like 53 degrees. Yeah, it's like a shirzy. Yeah. Uh, it's like the weather here nine months out of the year. Right. <laughs> um, okay. I like that first taste. I'm going to give it a, a second taste to really try to analyze any particular notes that I detect. Second taste, as smooth as the first one. I'm getting more of that warming sensation. It, uh, yeah, nice, nice mouth coat, nice chest feel. Okay. Good combo. Uh, so it's like I got that light coat, but it actually dipped from 53 degrees down to 48 degrees. And so now I've got that sweater on the inside that's keeping it uh, extra warm. That is always a, a hallmark of a good whiskey, I have to say. Yes. This does this really well. It doesn't try to do too much. Um, it's not too syrupy in any way. It's not, again, no notes that I don't expect. So maybe if I were going to take any points away, it would be that it's not particularly unique, but it's also quite solid. Hmm. Uh, and all the things that I would expect at that price point where I'm not getting any kind of weird bad notes, it is checking all those boxes. So let me give that third sip to just make that final decision. But I think I know which way I'm going here. I'm taking some nice measured sips here. Yeah, third sip. I'm liking it. I got a little bit more, I think, water from the ice on that one. But yeah, I got to say, I'm going to put this one on the smooth train. All right. Uh, again, not a super unique taste, but a solid taste. You want a solid bourbon. And if you are in California or around California, you want to try some California bourbons, you cannot go wrong with Lost Republic, their bourbon out of, again, that's Healdsburg, California. Love it. Yeah. 
Uh, all way right. to go. Yeah, way to go, California. I've had a couple of duds, a couple of good ones out of uh, my now state I call home. Mm-hmm. But there's really, a, there's quite a lot of them. I don't think I expected to run into so many bourbons being here. Yeah. I'm liking but, the West Coast bourbon uh, scene these days. Yeah, I think what I'm finding, you know, I don't know if this is true across the board. They, I wonder, I would like to compare the alcohol volume for the average bourbon here versus what you might see in the South and the Midwest. I feel like it's actually slightly less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. But it is, yeah, generally pretty smooth. We got to keep hearty and, and drunk to survive the winters here in the Midwest. That might have been it. You need more <laughs> of that sweater on the inside, like a real thick sweater to get you through. Yeah, and exactly. this one, this one's just like a, just a, just enough of a sweater. Yeah, the nights are cold, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's get back into our toxic NBA players list. Anything else you want to mention before we jump in? No, I want to jump right in. I'm excited to talk about this topic. All right, let's do it then with a little assist from Britney Spears. These are our top five most toxic players in the NBA. (laughs) Maggie said she was listening to her the own episode that her and Lisa were on in the shower. And she Mm -hmm. said to me, like, the top five song sounds terrible. I was like, well, it's not supposed to sound great. i'm singing half of it so of course it's good. you know how to sing i do not no no she she really meant more like the audio quality or something i don't know what oh no meant. i think no i get it but i think that does add to its charm mm-hmm. if it was I like so too. studio quality you know like sun studios or something it wouldn't be as funny as it is yeah but she had to yeah. tell me that i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks Maggie. i guess i know someone who's not going to be a guest on the episode again <laughs> you're uh, going on the do not reinvite list yeah okay b pimp who is your number five most toxic nba player it actually pains me to to do this um because i really like this guy despite recent years what's been happening but russell westbrook is my number five he was an honorable mention for me i i only took him off because i actually thought he was okay the second half of this year but you're not wrong with the clippers yeah he seemed to mesh with them a little bit end of the Um, day though clippers did not get past the first round nope they didn't bad injury luck with their stars um but he just i think it's because the reason i ended up including him is because i think he just has a hard time accepting maybe an appropriate role for himself at this stage um because he is so athletic and like probably feels like i still can do everything i used to be able to do but he clearly can't it's, i don't know what's different but something has led to just turnovers running amok and he's not as productive so i mean he just it seemed like maybe with the clippers he was a little cooler with that maybe because the people um he's more friendly with them or something or like Terron Lou as a coach i don't know but yeah it seemed like he fit in a little bit better there I mean, even with the Clippers, though, like he would have games where he really impacted. He had a lot of great hustle plays, but at the end of the day, a lot of the games he was still shooting like three for eighteen. Yeah, I, there is no player more in the NBA that if he drives and gets to the rim, I'm pretty confident he will miss. Yeah, it's like out of control a lot. He seems to shoot. I, I don't know the actual percentage. I'm not like a stat head like that, but he seems to shoot about fifteen twenty percent at the rim. <laughs> Not a deal for NBA player. Uh, And yeah, I don't think you're wrong. He can't can't hit threes. Right. Uh, He misses a lot at the rim. He is only an okay defender when he wants to be. 
Right. So yeah, I he think seems to be right smart. He's a smart player and he's motivated. Yes. Even though he makes mistakes, he is smart about like defensive rotations and things. So I mean, that's where like there was rumors the Bulls were going to pick him up before the Clippers got him, and I was like, at first we talked about it on that episode. And I was at first I was just like, oh my god, no. Even though I like him, and then once. I thought about it more. I was like, well, they are missing basically what Patrick Beverly, Beverly gave them when they signed him, which is somebody that that cares an exorbitant amount and is like in everyone's face, like getting all these people that are very passive, like riled up, mm-hmm. you know? I think you're, yeah, no, I think you're right on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is, I think you would think about him and you might not say toxic, but let me make a case for him. Uh, it's Milwaukee Bucks, Grayson Allen is my number five. Okay. It seems like in recent years he's not had such a strong personality to not ingratiate himself with the team. But the Bucks have also had some interesting early exits. A lot of people blame Bud and he was fired. But let's not forget who at the end of the game inexplicably tried to Euro step with the buzzer going off. So not only does he has the have that history of uh, dirty plays and tripping people in college and into the NBA. But he basically, for, he, he, I almost think he was a plant for the Miami Heat. What was that play? That Yeah, it was crazy. Especially considering he's a Duke guy, that his own, one of his positives is supposed to be like his intelligence. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, all right, what is your number four? My number four is James Harden. Oh, the reason I'm putting him here is like, he just seems to have no cares about manipulating the system to get whatever he wants. So I don't no. feel like, like anybody can be comfortable being on the team with him. Cause you never know, like at any moment, he's just going to feel like I need a new situation, which more power to him as an individual. But I just, I don't know if it helps a team. Well, you know what other system he's appears to be manipulating the double dip system. Cause let me tell you, friend, <laughs> he is also my number four. Yes. I thought and, we might have a couple of these. Yeah, he look look, a lot of NBA players, even a lot of NBA stars have good games, sometimes in bad games, other times. He fades more than almost any other player I've ever seen. If he is not engaged, he is awful. Yeah. Because he's doing all the same things. He's like a more hesitant Russell Westbrook. If he's missing threes, he's like, uh, forget about it. And on top of that, he plays no defense. Yeah. So he's such a negative to have on the court if he is not effective offensively. Yep. I would even go so far to say if he's not scoring 25 points a game or at least like 20 and getting like 11 assists, you should not have him on the court because his takeaway at the other end is so much. Right. Yeah. He is an off. All of his value is tied up in offense. I mean, he, he does more, a lot more so now than ever, like have just stretches of it's, it's horrific sometimes. Yeah. And then, but then when he's on, it still looks pretty good. It it does. It, his game is like, it's almost like when you play two K and you just go to the same bag. Yeah, his like dribbling, you watch his legs, mm-hmm. and step back to the left. Yeah, for three. That's like his whole game. And it's a lot of like he he's very slow and methodical now, and he just like watches how angles happen with, especially with Embiid when they're doing a two man game. It's just like he'll just stand there. And then he knows somebody's going to move, and then he throws a pass. Right? It's like it's smart, but it's also I don't know. It seems like everything's in slow motion. Yeah, it really does. Uh, no, that is a great number four. Obviously, I agree. It's my number four too. Mm-hmm. How about your number three? 
my number three is the uh, inspiration for this podcast, uh, Dylan Brooks. Great call. I actually left him off the list, maybe because it was we were going to talk about it at the top, and I, I didn't think he was so good that I wanted to include him on the list, but undoubtedly he should be on this list. Yeah, I think he. I like him again. This is another one where like I'm kind of low key hoping the Bulls sign him because it's exactly what they need. Like I think he. I think he. Prior to this recent spat of like bad publicity, I always thought he was okay other than some of the like dirty plays like i really did not like when gp2 got hurt i really did not like some of that mm-hmm. but i feel like most of the time he's just a hard ass like he's just yeah. playing to the extreme of energy and effort and just getting in people's face about it and i have no problem with that whatsoever well, i just think yeah, yeah i get you there i don't appreciate somebody trying to yeah. injure gp2 no that was terrible yeah and especially one of my favorite players if not my favorite player on the warriors i'm so glad he's back um mm-hmm. but the other thing about Dylan Brooks that that's interesting after uh, the Grizzlies had their exit, have you ever heard a team so so definitively say that now nah, we're we're not resigning him? No, I don't no. remember that ever happening with the player. They I, weren't even like professional about it. No, I was shocked by that. That's that's like negotiating against yourself. It kind of is. It's very shocking to me, and it tells me actually the way I read that is. It, it involves another player, so I'm probably going to hold off on my theory here, but I think there's more at play there with the reasoning behind that. Okay. Uh, no, good call it, but I, I definitely think he is he is toxic. All right, my number three. I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me on this, but I've been on this island, and I think it is definitely true. My number three is Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And... It is not like his personality necessarily is so abrasive other than he just mopes around and complains. And even when he has, I would even argue, even when statistically he has a pretty good game, let's say he has like 25 and 12 or something like that. When you watch him, it still doesn't look that good. It mm-hmm. still looks like he's shying away from the spotlight. And I just got to say, when you watch him in the playoffs, he looks like he doesn't want to be there at all and there are other players like that like ben simmons is like that i didn't include him on my list because i think he's dealing with too much i don't know uh what's going on with ben simmons but carl anthony towns i think if the t wolves are going to be a good team they cannot rely on him to be a star he just will not be that kind of player Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right i mean i ultimately i considered him because i knew i've heard we've had this discussion and i I do tend to agree with you, but I just don't, I guess I, I think he's, it's more neutral for me than like a negative. Like, I feel like he still has value, even though you're right. Like he should not be like the number one option or the number one person you're banking on. But yeah, yeah. I think he frustrates me a lot too, because he is so skilled. He is. And he seems to like want to be known as just the best big man shooter ever, which is like, first of all, who gives a shit? Yeah. Second of all, you should be dominating in the paint and you can shoot, which is great. Yeah, it's a bonus. And it makes no sense that he's bad at defense. In college, he was good at defense. Mm-hmm. He should be amazing at defense. He should be Anthony Davis on the defensive end. Maybe not yeah. that good, but like something like that. And he is not. Right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Your number two. My number two is Grayson Allen. Whoa. I yeah. didn't think he was going to be on your list. I put him on there because I think 
first of all, and I and I will admit there's some homerism at play here because I think his he's inordinately injured and like had dirty plays against the Bulls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Caruso missed a bunch of time after a dirty oh, play. Oh God, who could forget about that? He should have been yeah. higher on my list. He's he's just kind of a piece of shit, honestly. Yeah, and I think, but see, the reason I I would have had him like maybe number one if it's like hateable or something because he's got like a punch me face. He went yep. to Duke. He's just like it's, and you can tell like he is very skilled at basketball and he's good. And I have to begrudgingly admit, like he is a good role player, but he just can't help himself. You can tell when he does this stupid shit. You can see it in his face. He yep. knows that he shouldn't do it. He does it. He immediately feels bad about it, but that doesn't erase the fact that you just did it. Yeah, and you've done it over and over again over your whole career. Like yep. it's just bad. And a bunch of people have mentioned it. It doesn't help that he looks like a young Ted Cruz. <laughs> I, he, I will, he does. But the other thing is, I thought like, okay, well, that's that's not his fault. That's just unfortunate. Another way to take that is God is punishing him by making him look like a young Ted Cruz because he is a shit. Yep. So it looks like Ted Cruz is like. Like he made a Ted Cruz made an effort to like make a clone and he mm-hmm. fucked up the settings somehow and out came Grayson Allen. Yeah. Even his name, Grayson. Oof. Yeah. It's just like I'm so sick of it. And Adam Amin and Stacey King like went in on him when he hurt Alex Caruso. And oh, it was shit. amazing. It was amazing to listen to. I was just, he was just like Adam Amin was just so pissed. And he shouldn't have been doing it because he's a play by play guy, but he just went out of rank. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind what play-by-play guys do that. I will say, especially during the playoffs, the Warriors play-by-play guy, I'm like forgetting his name right now, is a massive homer and will have moments of like more than almost any other play-by-play guy, like really shitting on the refs. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of like thing. Hawk Harrelson-ish? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, all right. My number two is the French rejection. Uh, I'm rejecting him from number one because I had a clear number one, but uh, Rudy Gobert. I so I had to have two T bulls on this list. I was wrong about the two I thought you would have, and I really forgot about Rudy. And I think I can see your point. Let's hear. I want to hear why. Well, first I want to know who you thought the two were. I thought it was going to be Dylan Brooks and John Morant. Ah, no. Although that's a good call. I mean, John Morant deserves a spot on this list for having a gun in the club and kind of like really derailing the entire season for them. But he's only yeah. on my honorable mentions. Same for me. Rudy Gobert. Is it because of what he did during COVID? The COVID thing was shitty, <laughs> but how about he punched his own teammate? Yeah, that was bad. That was so dumb, and it was just like it was a real weak punch. And it was uh, Kyle Anderson, and I will never... You cannot convince me that Kyle Anderson was wrong, because he's the big... <laughs> what do they call him? The slow-mo? Slow-mo, yeah. Uh, he, his game is... He's the opposite of, like... It's not bad to be slow. It's like, that's aesthetic choice he's slow on purpose because he's showing you this is how it should be done (laughs) no well and honestly like rudy gobert a bunch of people thought this too when they signed him and i know carl anthony towns is injured for a lot of the season Mm -hmm. people like oh my god the the t-wolves are going to be like a regular season juggernaut i'm like with rudy gobert (laughs) what what do you think he's gonna do he he's unplayable in certain lineups he's never gonna get you offense his defense, while good, has been slipping. Uh huh. I I I can't believe how much they gave up for him. They should. Yeah. That was such a mistake of a trade. And he's just. You can tell all other NBA players think he's a shit too. Yeah, 
it doesn't seem like he's got a good rep. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but they said like, you know, is Rudy Gobert the most like feared player in the paint when you go in there? And some player was like, no, I I think going against Chris Stapps is harder. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> probably not really true. But at the same time, it speaks to how little respect all other NBA players have for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, and he just goes out of his way for stupid stuff. Like that COVID thing was just not, was it just stupid? It was like totally unnecessarily stupid. Yeah. It was not a good idea. No. All right. We're down to our number one. You said at the top, we have the same number one. Since I haven't heard his name yet, I got to imagine that is true. But go ahead. Who's your number one? Uncle Drew. Yep. Double dip. Yeah. Kyrie. I mean, dude, it's like, talk about going out of your way to make yourself look bad. I mean, he cannot, he can't get out of his own way. I, I, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. Like, he just, every time I hear him open his mouth, I'm like, you are, you are either the king of stupidity or you are, the smartest comedian a la like Andy Kaufman and this is all fake. That's the only two options. <laughs> I don't know because it's like he has the opposite effect of Rudy Gobert too, where it appears that all other NBA players love him. I yeah. Which I mean I'm I, like why? He is he is like would you even still admit like I don't like Kyrie Irving at all. I find him really abrasive. But I mean I can still admit there's something like pleasant to watch when he drew he has like interesting dribbling ability that is like kind of impressive i guess but oh yeah i, I, I mean know. i think he's a skilled basketball player but you tell me he takes a western conference finals team to out of the playoffs yeah and i gotta I mean, say that takes some work i i don't understand how anyone with any talent could they didn't really change the makeup of their team the mavericks you've got luca who is like otherworldly skilled offensive player and they're, the rest of their roster is not great by any means, but I mean, they have interesting pieces and then they just like tank. Yeah. I, it's just something about them. It, there's something about them. I mean, like it is now a pattern. He does not make your team better, period. No. I think he is living off of a pretty good finals that he had with the Cavs when they won the championship. But the Cavs two years later, when he got off the team and went to the Celtics, also went to the finals. Mm -hmm. um the celtics weren't good with him the nets never materialized with him and now nope. the mavericks were just terrible with him yeah and yeah I, I i don't know what it is i find him one of the most frustrating players but to a degree like he also views himself as being so smart yeah uh which he's not he i don't know how anti-semitic he actually is but he's a combo of like posting that stupid video yeah and then being so stubborn that he can't like apologize to it because he thinks he's so smart that he shouldn't have to. He's just ugh. him and him and Aaron Rodgers are battling it out for me on top of yes stupid idiot athlete mountain. Yeah, if we if we brought in this, uh, I I would love to shit talk Aaron Rodgers. We don't do a lot of football stuff because I can't really name more than about ten football players. But still, I'm at the point of if I see Aaron Rodgers, I run away from whatever media it's on and I turn it off. I throw a brick at my TV. I'm just like, get away. I don't want to see or hear from you ever again. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree with you more there. Here's, I want to back it up a second. Cause you talked about Luca amazing yeah. player. I have a, uh, a hot take for this. If we do this list again in two years, I think Luca will be on the list. I, 
would like to hope that the timeline goes in a better way for him, but I can see it. It's definitely a non-zero change. It's a pretty sizable outcome in that outcome. Yeah, tree, I think. It, it feels like he's teetering in some way because he's so good. But if you like watch a full game with him, there is not, and I am including LeBron James, there is not a player that whines more. Yeah, he's very whiny. He's very emotive in a way. He, he does makes a lot of like crazy facial expressions all game. Yeah, he's always like laughing and doing. It's just like a lot. It is. Uh, all right, who are your honorable mentions? Um, my honorable mentions were. I think we mentioned Ja Morant. Um, I can't believe really. I liked him so much up until I feel like this season. I had no. I would have been like Ja Morant's one of my favorite players in the league, and then yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, I and I, him and Ben Simmons, is who you mentioned earlier. Like I. I and it, my instincts told me to like consider them, and then I was like, I think there's like some mental health mm-hmm. considerations here, and then I I I don't feel like it's fair to criticize somebody if they are having mental health issues that lead to like strange behavior. They need to get help for it. Like I I I have my own issues with that stuff, so like I understand that. Like I would not shit on somebody for that, but then at the same time, it's like Ben Simmons constantly. Now he's talking about playing for France or playing for Australia in like an international tournament. We can't play for the Nets. Yeah. There's just all, it feels like there's just always something going on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know that line because, well, now I feel kind of bad because I put Kevin Love as an honorable mention too. <laughs> just yeah. because of some of his antics a couple of years ago when the Cavs were bad. Mm-hmm. And then they were so quick to get rid of him, which I just kind of wonder. And yeah. frankly, the Cavs could have freaking used him. Yeah, definitely. but it made me think that they knew something that I didn't about him. It's like, no, we gotta, we gotta get him off the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bring up a good point about Ben Simmons. He's like, I think of the other side of the Ben Simmons coin as being Markel Fultz, who clearly yeah. had something mental going on, but he's very likable and he is figuring it out. And he, yep. he's actually been pretty effective this season. But I like what Orlando's doing. Yeah, Ben Simmons also just doesn't appear to actually take any accountability. No, that's the. Th- I think that's the thing that ends up always sticking in my craw a little bit. It's like a lot of, it's like I understand if you're having a tough time. Like, there's a way to like convey that or like mm-hmm. come across in a different way than just like I don't know if it's that's causing him to be more combative or something. I don't know what it is, but I just always feel like there's never a direct answer. It's just like, yeah, a new direction, like a distraction, a new thing. I don't know. Uh, any other honorable mentions? Yeah, I had Trey Young. As one too. Ooh, I didn't even think about Trey Young. We'll see where like that goes. There's a lot that happened behind the scenes in Atlanta this year that's going to come out in future years. That's a little wild. Yeah, that feels that's a miss on my part. I was not thinking about him. I think you are smart to have him on the honorable mentions. Uh, I also had Dylan Brooks, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, as I mentioned, John Morant. Then two, where he's he shouldn't even really be on the honorable mentions. I'll leave him off, but he just has a history. And that's Jimmy Butler. But man, is he playing his ass off in the playoffs? So he's got to be off. I love Jimmy. Yeah. He's and off then for me. Another guy that's teetering. And not only has he gotten kicked out of games, but I've noticed every time he gets a foul doesn't go his way and he's jawing at the ref and he might already have a technical or he's about to get a technical, Steve Kerr has to, has to call a timeout because there's nothing else he can do to slow him down. Uh, Draymond Green. Yeah, I considered him too. He also punched Jordan Poole at the beginning of the season, which I think had a profound impact on the season. Yeah. Also, like Jordan Poole, come on. He's like 
six, two or three and 180 pounds. What is he right. doing going after him? I, yeah, that's another good question. Yeah. So I, I really, I couldn't put Draymond on the list, uh, but he's close. Yeah. He goes over the line. Some yeah. of the guys that have the, have the, uh, I'm trying to think of there's other, there's people in other sports that fall into this, but like they, it feels like as soon as a game ends, they're on a podcast video talking about stuff. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's weird too. We do a podcast, but we're, I feel like if you're an NBA athlete, isn't that enough exposure? Like, why do you have to immediately be on a podcast? Yeah. I'm technically not a professional athlete. Technically, yeah. Neither of us technically qualified. That's what yes, I feel like. No one is beyond reproach. Paying me <laughs> to play any sport. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, folks at home, if you've got any toxic NBA players you want to discuss, you think we forgot about, go ahead and hit us up. Our email is whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. That's where you can get us. We're not on Twitter anymore. We got rid of that shit. So go ahead and hit us up on email. Uh, but we got to get to it now. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right b pimp what do we got in the old email inbox dear whiskey sessions in response to your recent episode which discussed reality dating shows i noticed you didn't discuss the reality show about the office where the receptionist falls in love with the guy in sales that was one of the best reality shows i've seen in a while sincerely pauline and peoria wow pauline and peoria we're gonna burst our bubble i think that wasn't I, I don't know of this for a fact, but I don't think that was a reality show. It, I've never it, seen it confirmed. I'm like 40, 45% sure it was scripted. At least lightly scripted, a la like the hills, right? I think so, yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah. It did kind of make me wonder, like all those people worked in the same office for nine, ten years. Like, how did they get that kind of employee retention? That's pretty good. We got to find out what that guy was doing that was in charge. When I was a manager, I had people going out every like <laughs> nine months a year. I couldn't hold on to people for that long. Maybe I wasn't funny enough. I don't even bother learning people's names anymore. Everybody's turning over so fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Great email. Uh, again, if you want to email us, hit us up. Whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. We'll read your email on a future episode, but that does it for episode 160. Be pimp. Any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Shape up, Luca. Shape up, Luca. You're going to find yourself on this list, pal. Mm-hmm. We're uh, going to do one of these every year, and you better stay off it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next time, this is Amen. Sam. Peace out. And you come stand by. Bye.